What it do? We are back. Hey, feeling refreshed. Uh, Hotel family, I say to all my people out there, welcome back to another episode of My Unapologetic Perspective. Uh, this is the podcast where we give our point of view of controversial topics from my experience, black history, and our knowledge as African-Americans. Uh, black history presently lives in us so we can continue to excel into the future. It's one thing to know black history. It's another thing to take advantage of what the people in black history did for you. In the words of Malcolm X, there will come a time where black people will wake up, become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves. And the time is right now. Um, I'm your host, Martre Baker Stevens. And to the right of me is Shaquan Battle. I mean, hello. And to the right of him is Jerome Battle. What's up? Uh, we're back after a brief little vacation. Um, still getting views on TikTok. Um, still getting views on YouTube. So people still been tuning in. Um, but how are y'all? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm back on vacation, still smelling like vacation. Uh, hey. <laughs> that means you smelling like peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're actually going to jump right in today because um, I believe this episode is um, extremely important because uh, there are people who listen to our clips. There are people who watch our episodes. Um, they may not be readers. They may not be um, advocate researchers. Um, so what we can do is be begin to um, lead you to different platforms other than our own to be able to get information, to be able to learn about certain things. Um, a lot of what we listen to and what we watch and what we read, um, giving you that resource uh, firsthand for you to be able to um, do your own research and find your truth because we always talk about you know how African Americans pass down information generation to generation um, some things passed down has been force fed to us um, through our history and our culture that is not necessarily true so what we want to do is we want to start getting away from that indoctrination or Eurocentric teachings that puts black accomplishments black history and black culture at the bottom of the priority list. So what we're going to do today is begin to direct you to people who talk about black greatness, who talk about the things that we talk about in this podcast for you begin to learn from as well. Um, but before we even start, let me just let me just say this as a disclaimer. Don't believe everything that we say. Don't believe what the people we're going to talk about say. But I'm asking you to keep an open mind, listen, and do your own due diligence of your own research to figure out what the truth means to you. Because what we're talking about is we're talking about human beings. So again, a few people I may talk about, I don't agree with 100% of everything that they say, but I listen to keep an open mind to hear different perspectives so I can begin to understand what it is that I believe and, and my own truth. And I believe that's important. That's true education It's putting the facts on the table, putting the information on the table and you come into your own conclusion about what that means to you. And that's what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about um, different platforms, different people to begin to um, give you a, a lane uh, to be able to, to 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 gravitate towards. But always come back to this podcast at the end of the day. That's right. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I'll let you start. I'll let you start because I'm thinking we let you start enough. All right. Uh, 
But before I start, I see some of y'all still celebrating July 4th. That's crazy. So if y'all listen to this podcast and y'all still celebrating July 4th, you know what I'm saying? That's You must don't believe it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I'm surprised that y'all surprised. He said on White Man Can't Jump, uh, you listening, but you don't hear me. <laughs> so I'm, I I start with, and, um, just to re- reiterate what you said, I, reading ain't, it ain't my thing. I can't. I, I don't retain well from reading. Um, I get bored when I'm reading. No matter what I'm reading, I just I just can't do it. So I do podcasts. I do music. Um, YouTube, all of those things. So the one that I chose is uh Gillian Wallow, Million Dollars Worth of Game. Um, and their slogan is "Give the youngest game and knowledge to keep them out of the streets." Game stands for God, attention, motivation, and education. Um, and it's crazy because Wallow, Wallow remind me so much of you. Um, he was first arrested at 11 years old for armed robbery. That's crazy. 11 years old armed robbery. Um, the next week he got sentenced to five years in detention. Uh, 17 years old, he was charged with armed robbery, two armed robberies, two firearm charges. 19 to 52 years. He did 20 years in prison from the age of 17, 20 years. Um, And while he said something in the interview, he said, when you in jail, you be stuck in the time that you first went in. That's when people come home and they be on shit that don't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I like about Wallow is in jail is when he started his IG page. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear dad talk all the time. If you in jail and you hear people talking about, man, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to. But if you, that transition starts when you in jail. Yeah. That right. transition doesn't start when you get out of jail about getting your life together. And I felt like Wallow been doing that since he's been in jail. I think he said he got the f- cell phone at 2017 is when he got, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 2013 is when he started his IG page. Um, and big, you know, it, when you first go to his page and you seen the videos he was posting up, they was weird. Yeah, the the, the camera will be over there. He will walk up to it and start <laughs> yelling. It. All the rappers that come on their show be like, "Bro, I thought you was a weirdo." Yeah, like the videos was crazy, but the message you was giving us was big. Um. And I think one of the big things for me with Wallow and Gilly is they're needed in this culture, mm-hmm. uh, in this rap culture. Because if you look at their podcast, they only invite the young kids, the the young guys. Um, now, don't get me wrong. A lot of it, uh, I'll say 50 percent of it is jokes. But 50 percent of what Wallow and Gilly give these artists while they're sitting there is game. Mm-hmm. Like they told Lil Dirt because. And I I won't get into it, but Lil Dirt got beef with another rapper. Gilly, I mean Wallow starts crying on the episode, telling him, "Leave that, leave that street shit alone. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna make you no money. Mm-hmm. You and as they would say, you want some dumb shit. Yeah, that's that's their favorite line. Is you want some dumb shit? Um, and what I like about Wallow is he he, Pushiesty. I know the young kids love Pushiesty. Pushiesty is in jail, locked up right now. And he sends him books weekly to read. How many niggas you know doing that? Yeah. I think Pooh Shiesty is like 19, 20 years old. Gilly and Wallow sends him books every week. They check in on him. Um, same thing with Young Thug, with Gunner. They they preach black excellence. 
that, you know, you don't got to get it out the mud. You can go right to these companies. Uh, the episode with Lil Dirk, uh, he told Dirk, Dirk switched clothes and he had uh, his man's T-shirt on. And uh, Wallow asked him, he was like, you got a website? He was like, nah. He was like, don't worry about it. I'm going to set you up, give you the whole package for free. My man going to make you a website. We're going to set everything up. All you got to do is run it. That's it. They're needed in this culture, and they should be protected in this culture because of what they preach, what they're giving these rappers on how to be entrepreneurs, how to be businessmen. Wallow got out of prison in 2000, I think, 17. Uh, it's 2022. He's already a millionaire. Mm-hmm. It, he got out of jail and got right to it. Mm-hmm. He got the LLC. And one of the things he said when he was in jail, he, he said he didn't go talk to the people that were still on, man, how can we get drugs in here? How can we do this? He was like, I, in there, I went to the lawyers, talked to them about LLCs. I talked to them about owning your own business because when I got a, got out of jail, I didn't want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, And I know you listen, you listen. And shout out first, shout out to T because- uh, our younger cousin, as as an older generation, a lot of times we feel like the, the younger kids don't know what they're talking about. And T was the one that put me onto this podcast. Um, that shows you how mature he is. So I want to thank T for that for putting me on to the uh, Million Dollars Worth of Game podcast. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Pops enjoy it. You, you know, I, I'm going to name a few, um, but before I do, I want to say a couple of things. Uh, first, in response to your 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 intro, <clears throat> is that sometimes you have to look past the person and look at the message. That that's important, mm-hmm. and and I say that because in the black community we don't always do that, <clears throat> and I'm a prime example of that. And I'll tell you why. Um, if you ask somebody that's older than age fifty about me, you're going to get a different version than if you ask somebody that's age twenty two right. about me. Um, the person that they know. Um, was not a good person. <clears throat> Obviously, you you just alluded to some things that are directly associated with who I was, which was criminal, mm-hmm. womanizer, liar, um, abusive, uh, drug dealer, criminal. Again, um, the biggest one out of all that is still to this day convicted felon. Tell people all the time, I have no tattoos on my body, but I got one mm-hmm. on my character mm-hmm. called the convicted felon. <clears throat> and the things that as a black man, not being accepted as a human being, <clears throat> as a convicted felon, not being accepted as a person worthy, is it something very difficult to deal with? So whenever you start talking about things that are positive, um, things that are uh, that can be considered useful, if you're trying to be a mentor, a big brother, leader, whatever it is, people will always go back to those things that characterize you as something different, which waters down the message. Let me give you a good example. Bill Cosby was somebody who was. Uh, an advocate for civil rights for black people for many years um, outside of what he did in the music in the in the entertainment business. <clears throat> and some of the things that he said, um, even to this day, are very important and useful. But the minute you mentioned Bill Cosby, what did they think about? Him? Bill Cosby, the rapist, the rapist right. right? 
So anything that Bill Cosby said that could have been good, that could have been positive, means nothing because he's a, he's a rapist. Because he's Bill Cosby. A, 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 absolutely. You know, so um, when we start talking about people that we listen to or that we watch or that we read their readings or uh, their writings, I want people to understand something. One of the reasons I don't like doing that is because I don't want you to look at the person because the person may not be a representative, whether they're for life or their current life of what they're actually saying. Should it matter? Probably not. However, in the black community, it does. Um, A person that I still listen to today and the great thing about him is he did books and he did live interviews. He didn't do podcasts because, of course, this was before podcasts. Dick Gregory. If anybody has an opportunity to listen to Dick Gregory, the activist, Mm -hmm. not the comedian, the activist, things that he was saying in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s still holds true today. But when he said it then, he sounded crazy. He sounded crazy, yeah. He sounded crazy. People thought he was crazy. He actually used an analogy that we still use. In fact, I think we used in this podcast before about black people. Black people are like crabs in a pot of hot water. If one gets to the top, you pull them down, right? Dick Gregory gave a different take about that. And his take is, it's not the crabs that forces them to pull the other crab down. It's the hot water. It's the environment. So I want people to understand that when we're negative about another individual, whether it's because he used to be a criminal, he used to be a drug dealer. He used to be whatever. And now he's something else. And somebody brings up the something else. It's not because that nature. It's because of the hot water. It's the environment. We've been programmed to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't think we have, but we have. We've been programmed to do that. We need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. We all need to stop doing that. Don't be the hot water. Don't be the hot water. Don't be an advocate for the hot water. We need to stop doing that. Now, with that said, I'm going to name a few people that their character can be questioned at certain times, but their work cannot. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that inspire me. I also look at not just people that you're going to be able to Google, because some of the people I'm going to name you can't Google, mm-hmm. right? Alvin Bernard Battle. My dad, you can't Google him, mm-hmm. right? Nothing's going to come up when you Google him. But my dad was the physical form of a lot of what I saw from activists. He went out and did it. In the 70s, he decided, in the early 60s, he decided to have kids in an environment and in a world of the two Americas that wasn't friendly to blacks. He decided, I want to start a family. Fuck what America says about black people. I'm going to start a family in D.C. And he did that. My dad owned a Chrysler I think it was a 70, 1970 Chrysler and a 1972 Cadillac in 1974. I, I mean, my vehicles right now are 10 years old, right? I tell you right now, my vehicles are 10 years old. I, I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to buy a vehicle that close to the current date. Never been able to do that. He did that in the 70s, right? So when I look at role models, when I look at people that I want to listen to, I want to mimic, it's people like my dad that I go to. I, I listen to people like Martre Dion <laughs> Stevens, right? And I, I listen to this guy, man, and I listen to him use words like 
uh, African diaspora, right? <laughs> right. And, 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 I, and I and I and I listen to him, and I say, you know what? The great thing about people like him and my dad is, I know them. Mm-hmm. I know the character. I know the individual. So I can trust what they say because I don't have to I don't have to worry about that hot water, mm-hmm. right? Creating something different. I know these people, you know. And I listen to Shaquan Slowy <laughs> battle. And I say, wow. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of like, and you guys heard this before, you just mentioned it. I'm from a school where people that are older than me were my mentors. Mm-hmm. People younger than me can't offer me shit. In terms of knowledge, right? That stopped when I began to learn more about Martre Dion Stevens and Shaquan Jerome Battle and your cousin T, um, Derek Robinson. When when I start listening to you guys talk, I start realizing that you guys get it. You guys get it, and you get it. Without creating that other obstacle that you have to overcome of things that you did in your past. Because no matter what we do in this world, your past is always going to be a part of what people talk about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that becomes the most important thing. And we don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you can't change that. So what you got to do is you got to continue doing what you know is right. There's very few people that I know have made mistakes in their life, came back to the same community that they committed those mistakes and got it right, right and been doing it for years. My brother, Eugene Battle, he's one that I look up to. He's a mentor to me. He doesn't even know it. Mm-hmm. I listen to him. I watch him. I watch the way he internalized the way that black people are treated, the way that convicted felons are treated. And I watch him and I watch how he deal with that. And I watch how he overcomes and he continues to do well for himself and for his family after doing time in prison. I watch that. These are the people that I listen to. Now, you can't Google him and get no information that's going to help you. Mm-hmm. But when you see him, you know he's a representative of something positive mm-hmm. coming from something bad. And that could be the best teacher sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I, I I look at things like that. I look at people like that. I look at my Aunt Phyllis, who uh, uh, Burks, that's Jazz's mom. I, I think about the conversations that I had with her when I was young and the words that she would use. And I don't want to be stupid. I don't want her to think that I was stupid. So she would use those words. And after she finished talking, I would go pull a dictionary out and find out what the fuck is that? <laughs> right. You know, but she taught me. She taught me a lot about words and she taught me about. A lot of times people use curse words because they don't have another word in their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes people use curse words because they want that emphasis. Right. They want that influence. They want that impact. Mm-hmm. So when I curse, it's for a reason. It ain't because I don't have another word. It's because that's how I feel. And that's important. All of these things shape and mold me to be a person who wants knowledge. Mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to know the truth. I want to know about our history because when you're in prison, as you said, and for those that don't know, I did five years in prison, um, distribution of cocaine. Um, and in prison, it's some of the same situations that we talked about from those early years of learning. When you go into a school, you see no representation of the black community on the walls in those schools. Mm-hmm. You go to prison, it's completely opposite. That's the representation that you see. Mm. Not just the people, but the environment. Chip paint on the walls, rust on the sinks, dirty environment. And that's what white America associates blacks with, is that that visual. 
So when you go to prison, they expect you feel more at home. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The last thing that you would really see oh, in shit. a prison is a book. Mm-hmm. Book is like drugs mm-hmm. to some people. Rather than funneling in drugs, give me that book, right? So that book becomes the thing that you can't get when you're in prison. Education is that thing that you can't get without when you're in prison, without work. Who wants to work to get education? Mm-hmm. Nobody. But the inmate that does not want to be an inmate again, the inmate that does not want to be treated as an inmate when he gets out, is the inmate that's going to get that education, going to get that book, and in certain cases, decide that they're going to make change in the penthouse system so that you can have books available. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of people that I listen to. And in direct reference to that, there's a guy by the name of Dwayne Betts. And Dwayne Betts is a, a story similar to mine. He went to prison and in prison, he educated himself. Um, and to the point that he became a part of um, prison reform. And he's trying to create an avenue where every prison in the state of Virginia has a library, a visible library. Not my man down the hallway that got all the books in his, <laughs> in his cell, but an actual library. So you can get the visual of a library and actual books. Mm. What inspired him, a book you're familiar with, The Black Poets. Mm-hmm. That inspired him while he was in prison to make a change in his life and be somebody other than who he was. Mm-hmm. A book. That's all it takes. That's all it takes sometimes. That's all it takes. Yeah. Dudley Bradley, for those that want to know the name of the author of that book, Dudley Bradley is the author of that, that book. I suggest that if you don't know about the Black Poets, you should go get it. Okay, mm-hmm. black poets, Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. These are the type of things, black history, they're making a connection for you just so you don't have to do it yourself. But go get that book, right? Stacey Abrams. We love Stacey mm-hmm. down in Georgia doing the thing, right? Uh, Project 1619, where we're talking about the early depictions of black people in America, where uh, America's history want you to think that the first depiction of blacks in America is as enslaved mm-hmm. Africans, which is not true. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to get into the whole difference in uh, when we talk about Native Americans <laughs> and um, uh, indigenous, indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get into that, but I would like for people to do your research about that because there's some profound information regarding blacks being in America and blacks being the original Ab- Aboriginal, Aboriginal American. And I'm, I, I don't want to get into the difference between that and Native <laughs> Americans. I'll let you do your due diligence <laughs> on that. Um, you, you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. I, do. I want to talk about, uh, I, I listened to Opal Tometi. And she's one of the three women who created um, the Black Lives Matter movement. And I, I think it's big for people to understand that one, the creators of this movement were women. I, th- I think that's important. Very and we, we talked about that before. And if you notice, the lady, the person before that was a lady, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think what she did was monumental, not just for the Black Lives Movement, but even prior to that, she was part of a Black allegiance for just uh, immigration and uh, helping families after the earthquake in Haiti. She's always mm-hmm. been a part of helping Black Americans. Black people in general. 
So Black Lives Matter wasn't a stage for her to become something that she wasn't already. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was an outlet for her to continue what she was already doing. And I, so it's people like her that I listen to. Um, I also listen to Alicia uh, Garza, who was the second of the three of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, um, where again, she was a, a, a gay black woman. And, you know, that comes with a whole separate <laughs> set of, of perils that they have to That's overcome. That's separate. Gay and uh, black. Well, That's three, right. Gay, black, and a woman. And then Patrice Cullors, who was the third. Um, same thing. She was already doing great things in her community in Los Angeles, I believe. Um, and this was just another avenue. So when I when I think about people that influence me, I think about those people outside of the people like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey because they all had the writings. Right. I want to say one more, and this is the one that's probably going probably going to take everybody by surprise. Thomas Jefferson, and the reason I say Thomas Jefferson is because Thomas Jefferson's writings, his personal writings, not the things that he said in public, proves a lot about politicians. Politicians are quick to take a narrative or give a narrative based on their constituents, not their personal views. Principles are very important. Politicians normally violate principles mm -hmm. for the sake of the party. Thomas Jefferson is one of those people. He violated his principles for the sake of constituents and politicians and politics. But his true writing says that he did not agree with the way white America viewed blacks. His writings support that. Private writings, writings that very few people ever read. His ancestry supports that. that. His ancestry <laughs> support that. The fact that he didn't mind doing what he did with them. But his views were entirely, his, his private views were entirely different than his public views. We see that every day in politics. Every day. So these are the people that inspire me to do what I do to say what I say, to think what I think, because obviously that's the most important thing outside of how I feel. So that's, those are things that inspire me. Dang, I only feel like I need to go. If we're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> and we are back. Uh, we're going to jump right back in. Shaquan, you got anybody else you want to talk about? Uh, you don't want to go? No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening right now. Go ahead. Because when I go, I'm going to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go on um... I'm gonna go with a it's a podcast. Uh it's called Earn Your Leisure. Um their motto is we've earned these luxuries, we've earned these freedoms. That's where the leisure part comes from. Um two guys, two black guys, let me say that two black guys, Rashad and uh Troy. Uh, their podcast is about financial literacy. Uh it's a business platform. Rashad is actually a financial advisor. Um by trade. That's that's key. By trade. Um they teach about starting business, stocks, real estate, and having trucking uh companies. Um what I love about their podcast is what I love about them is they look like us. Mm -hmm. So they have these business meetings, these seminars, they don't wear suits. That's important. You gotta be relatable. Yeah, they don't wear suits. They wear hoodies, zip up hoodies, the jewelry, all of that. Because it's relatable. Black people, we only gravitate to things that are relatable. Yeah. If it's not relatable, we're not going to listen. You don't see Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg wearing right. 
three piece suits. Right. They sound they and they sound like us. Um no three piece suit, no ivory uh lead background. It's barbershop for finance. It's barbershop talk for finances. That's all it is. And it's a black media platform. Um they have EYL University where they have I think it's three hundred seminars for five hundred dollars a year. Three hundred. You're not paying ten thousand dollars for this. Yeah. You're paying five hundred dollars for this for an entire year. They also have a, a Instagram page. <laughs> this is why I love these dudes. Um, it's called EYL Vending, where they show you how to set up a vending machine if you want to buy one. How to go to Sam's, buy get buy everything in bulk. Put it in, put it, they show you how to start to get a vending machine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I love these dudes and, and how to be a, how to make a fortune off selling vending machines. Um, Rashad said something on the podcast and I want to read it. And, uh, it's, it's a problem that we have in the black community today. Um, it's why you see me have too much pressure. It's black owned. This hat that I got on is black owned. Um, and he said, we got to stop discounting the value of entrepreneurs. The kid in the neighborhood that's 6'9", that can dribble a basketball, that's 14. You keep him out of trouble. You make sure he gets home and don't let anything happen to him. But the young entrepreneurs that's out there selling stuff, we throw them to the wolves. Um, we tell them, good luck figuring it out. And Troy, Troy time chimed in and said, the most talented, we tend to give the least talent to. That's right. Uh, so if uh Earn Your Leisure, I love them dudes. They have um they have a segment called Market Mondays where they tell you what to invest in, how to invest in it, how to they, they will teach you if you have ten dollars where to start to invest. That's why I love them dudes. That's why I love that podcast. Good. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Tariq Nasheed. And I'm, the reason why I'm starting with Tariq Nasheed is because he helped expand my mind uh, from this indoctrination mindset to open it up to questioning everything that I've ever been taught. Um, he produced the films called Hidden Colors. There's five films of the Hidden Color series. And then there's a um, the Haitian Revolution 1804 documentary as well. And he's got a new one coming out. And most of the people I'm going to talk about are within that are speakers or um, uh, people that are present during that, uh, during this documentary uh, of all five of them. The first one, Hidden Colors, is called The Untold History of People of Aboriginal Moor and African Descent. Part two was called The Triumph of Melanin. Uh, three is called the rules of racism. Four is called the religion of white supremacy and five is called the art of black warfare. But he, again, he talks about, you know, black history in America, black history in Europe, black history all over the globe. Um, the Haitian revolution, black inventors that didn't get credit, racism and cartoons and movies and all these type of things. That's that a lot of times that you don't think about a lot of stuff that you see floating on social media that did, you know, come from a lot from that's been said on these five um these five volumes of documentaries but he one of his quotes from one of those series he says if you want to convince a group of people that everything about them is negative what you have to do is tell them that where they're from is a negative place Hmm. this is where they have done to black people 
they say to black people, you are negative, you are bad because Africa is negative and Africa is bad. So the images that we have of Africa are the underbelly. We always see the propaganda, the warfare. We never see the other side. And when you see images of Africa, you always see the, the images of them holding guns and all the images of them starving. You never see the good parts of Africa that are that are being built. You never see the independent parts of Africa that have now gained their independence from from Europe. You like so black people don't never really gravitate towards Africa because it's looked at as negative that you come from a place that that was bad and when we brought you over here to slavery we gave you better than what you had. Um he has a radio show um on YouTube called uh Tariq Radio where he talks about current events and one of the things that I like it's funny because he's funny but he calls out a lot of black people that are cooning whether they're politicians whether they're um people that's in the media athletes anytime they go against the grain of what's best for the black community he he brings up their cooning behaviors and a few of them are people he've had on his mm-hmm. um on his show that he went back and said all right now you cooning because you got a little bit of money now you got a little bit of fame so um Tariq Nashi follow him on Instagram he talks about a lot of current events um he brings up a lot of, of, of valid points again you may not agree with everything that he says but he is he is somebody that to go to would never talk about the second person we'll talk about is uh Kaba uh Kamene uh formerly known as Booker T Coleman and the reason why I want to talk about Kaba, Dr. Kaba, is because Tariq opened up my mind when it came to education, but Dr. Kaba opened up my mind when it came to spirituality and religions. He got a book out called Spirituality Before Religions that really changed everything that I believed and everything that I was taught. And in this book, of course, he talks about Kush and Kemet and their origins, how Kush origins led to what we call Kemet or ancient Egypt, um, understanding the African concept and religions that spiritually um, that combines spirituality with science. And what he says is science is the matter that occupies space, but spirit is the space. Science is finity and it can be measured. Spirit is infinite and it can't be measured. Science is light. You can see it. Spirit is darkness and you can't visibly see it. So science is unseen spirituality and spiritually is spirituality is seen science. Um, And when you look at nature, when you look at water, water makes up, you know, uh, 80% of the earth. It makes up uh, what is 75, 80% of our human bodies. Um, that's important when it comes to your spirituality system. The better you understand nature, the food that you eat, you understand fire, you understand um, the cosmic universes, the better you understand all of what God is. God, everything God created is him or her. And we use that to better ourselves and our spirituality. Um, and one of the quotes that he have, um, He says that the Spanish-speaking people have Santeria, the French-speaking communities have Voodoo, and the English-speaking have African-American Baptist Church. And the call and response is African. No matter where you go, what black people believe in, there is an African presence there that most people like to ignore. Um, And we have to find whatever you believe, whatever religion you believe, whether it's Islam, whether it's Christianity, whether it's Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever the case may be, you have to understand that it comes from the African thought. 
It comes from African spirituality. There's something in there that comes from the African concept and we must find and we must gravitate towards that. And in this book, he also talks about human evolution with nature, you know, from the Big Bang to the first um, the first Homo sapien to Homo sapiens sapiens and the evolution of the brain and the mind and the physical body. But you also have spiritual involution, which how as we evolved as in our mind and our body, our spirit has also have to evolve with nature to be able, we be able to ascend higher to that spiritual essence. Um, and Dr. Cobb, I mean, you listen to him. This dude is probably the most profound historian that I think we have alive today. And his talks are on African-American history, African history. Um, he is the person to listen to because he's been in education 30, 40 years to where he's taught kindergarten up to college. So he can give you the information and whatever level you want to be, to basically you understand it. He's also a person that takes emotion out of what he teaches. He teaches on facts and evidence. He don't get very emotional when things happen. He speaks from a, an edge from a, a true educational standpoint. If you go to his website, he has, um, Courses on the Dogone tribe, which were pioneers in astronomy and mathematics. Um, he has some that breaks down West Africa to where he literally has a map and he breaks down where tribes were, what time of the, um, uh, of years they were there and what they were fluent in and how that influenced other parts of the world. I mean, this dude is phenomenal. Professor James Small is another one. Um, proficient in African history, African American history. Um, he actually looked over the godfather of Harlem script in the storyline of Malcolm X because he was actually the bodyguard for Malcolm X's sister, uh, Ella Collins, and he was part of the, the Nation of Islam and know a lot about Malcolm X's life. So he looks over a lot of that um, script and makes sure it's historically accurate as much as possible. Um, to, to Malcolm X. But what he can do with African spirituality, he can break down the Yoruba, Orishas, the Voodoo um, that was in Haiti and now New Orleans, uh, call it Voodoo and science, um, honoring ancestors. Um, and one of the things that he says is a quote. And again, I'm not telling you to believe in what he believes and I'm telling you to keep an open mind to what he's saying. He said, I can take you on any theological that you got Bring them down and I can show them. Give me your 12 tribes. Give me your 12 disciples. Give me your 99 pearls of faith in Islam. And I will show you that those are nothing but sets of qualities and attributes um, that are particular in Africa. Besides in the Orishas of the Yoruba, the, the Loas of Voodoo, besides the Netters of, of Egypt, and show you we are all talking about the same system. Because a lot of these things occurred from somewhere they didn't come out of osmosis and he basically puts a lot of the religions side by side and show you where a lot of these concepts come from and a lot of people that practice religion don't even know that they're practicing some form of african spirituality just by different terms and different names um michael m hotep uh african history network show this dude go live maybe four or five times a day talking about current events um, he basically is the daily news that I watch. I don't watch Fox News, NBC News. I watch Michael M. Hotep. Um, he educates on politics, what bills are about to be signed and what was just signed and what it means for African-Americans, if it is or if it isn't signed. 
Um, he offered classes. One that I just took is actually called Commit the Moors, the Moth, and Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. Um, he has courses where he breaks down holidays that we celebrate and the origins of it and why we shouldn't celebrate it. Um, he's constantly looking at like science magazines and all of these other things that are where uh, archaeologists are finding things, keeping us relevant on those type of things and what it means for black people, because a lot of people just skim past that, that they just found this artifact in such and such place that that's probably black. And we just kind of skim over it like, OK, but he, he gives that information. And then, like I said, he goes live on YouTube and Facebook four or five times a day, giving us this information. Um, the last one, I'm not going to now, I'm not even going to be able to put his name in the description. <laughs> that's how, that's how radical he is, which is Riza Islam. Cause he's pretty much almost banned from every social media site. Um, but he has a book called message to the millennials, but he's been censored by basically the U S government. Um, I think he was kicked off of Twitter, kicked off of Instagram, (laughs) all of those other things. Um, but in the book, his thesis was that black people and other people of color historically have been are now and 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 all probability will in the future continue to be attacked by white establishment, that these attacks are driven by white fear that black people and other people of color will become united. Um, and I've seen this dude like he was anti-vaccination, right? And that's one of the reasons why he got kicked off of social media because it's anti-vax social nation. But whether you agree with them or not, I'm I'm not if you vaccinated, you're unvaccinated, I don't care. Here's the thing. I watched this dude go toe-to-toe with doctors, and the doctors are looking like, how does he know this information? And that's how smart and intelligent he is. Um, that's why I believe that we have people who are intelligent enough, but you kind of disregard them because they don't have that, that status that you want them to have to be able to listen to. So one of his quotes um, from the book is from the moment we step into a level of higher consciousness and awareness, then we become the master of our own intellectual destiny. We need to constantly understand what words and symbols mean, because as we know in the United States, every, when you look at words and symbols, even if you look at the dollar bill, you look at those type of things, what is this meaning? The way uh, DC is, is outlaid, the way New York is outlaid, like all of these things, these signs and these mean meanings, something. they mean something. They just didn't come out of osmosis. And most people call them conspiracy theories. You can call it whatever. But when you look deeply into certain things, um, a lot of it means something. Um, the system gains life based upon how many minds it can enslave whether that's by the media, politicians, or educational system. We know that they would try to force feed us anything to keep us enslaved, to say, okay, that's the way it is. That's what we're going to do. They do not want people to think intellectually. Um, This is due to the simple fact that this government is no way is free or democratic and its willingness to have the public become aware of what it's truly doing while Simon Sanders want to know everything that the public is doing. Um, and what I gather from Riza Islam is just like not take what the media gives you at surface levels. Like even if they give you, let's say they pass a bill and they say it's for African-Americans, we need to be thinking what is who else does it benefit? Mm-hmm. What's the long term process of this? Because we know in America, you're not doing something for black people just to be doing it. So who right. who who aims to be to gain from this? Right. 
So we have to start looking at things in that type of way. And, you know, we talked about on this a podcast about the assassination of black leaders and their tactics with the government. Um, and that's one of the things that he he's one of those people that are on that target on that target list. Um, but he says something on the I-80, was it I-85, I-95 show with um, uh, DC Young Fly and all of them. Um, he said something. He said, Black people don't give themselves enough credit. We don't think we are or were smart enough to build things, to invent things and pioneer things. So if you tell a black person about something that we did, they either would be shocked or they wouldn't believe it. That's right. But, you know, that's why we have to learn about ourselves. So when you begin to talk about some of the things that we've done, some of the things that we've um, invented, some of the concepts that come from us. Like we shouldn't be shocked by that because we're so influential and in that we've been lied to for so many years that it shouldn't become a shock to us. Another one is KRS-One. Now I know KRS-One is one of the greatest rappers of all time, and even in his music, you can you know that this dude is intellectually like that, right. right? But even outside of the music, like this dude is proficient in history, in religious concepts. But one of the things that KRS would talk about is changing the mentality, especially the one, the mentality that keep us enslaved. You know, he talked about on the podcast, you know, the deception rules nations on, uh, it was Nick Cannon's podcast is how deception rules nations, that there are groups of people in America who look to deceive us to keep power, whether that's through religion, through politics or through news networks or through the educational system. Like there are people who force feed us information so they can keep power you know he also talked about the great black minds that we have but a paycheck can dictate what comes out of our comes out of that mind that's right so you know there's so many black people who are aware like even with this podcast like we'll post on social media and so many people love it whenever it comes to private conversations that's right but you don't want to say anything out loud you don't want to talk about it because you don't want to mess up that paycheck right but it's another thing that he said, uh, black people are just constantly immature in their thinking, undisciplined, and we suffer as a people. This is not about race in the sense that black people got to get something better than whites or Latinos or Asians. This is just basically that we keep complaining about what we don't have and what we can't do. And then we get in positions to do stuff. And we funk, we fight amongst each other's like savages. And that's exactly how we are. We have so many people talking about what we need to do and how we need to do it. But the only time we unite is when somebody get killed. That is the only, matter of fact, the only time we unite is when a white person kill us. That's right. Because if it's black on black killing, we don't unite for that. You know what I mean? It's only unit. There's no unity in business. There's no unity in politics. And we wonder why they kill us and then not have no repercussions. Because if we don't see the value in our unity, in our black life, then why would anybody else? Absolutely. Another one is Sabir Bay. Now, this is a different. Sabir Bay is uh, a Moor, history of the Moors. Uh, he teaches more of the history, not the religious side, because you do have um, Moorish science, religion, and then some people follow more of the Moor science, religion, and the history of the Moors. So, if you don't know the history of the Moors, um, the Black Moors, the indoctrinated people will call them the Arabs, but the word Moor means black. All right. Mm-hmm. So, into in 711 AD, the Moors go into Europe, Spain, Port, uh, Spain, and, and the peninsula of, uh, of Portugal. 
and create what we call the golden age of Europe all the way up until um, 1491 to where they built a lot of the establishments that are built in Europe, in Spain were built by the Moors who, um, who basically ran during at that time after Europe was in the dark age. Um, but he, uh, the etymology of the word, of course, is more. But if you want to learn more about the Moors, because a lot of us in America may have more roots, like we might go back, like our ancestry might go back to the Moors, because one of the concepts that he teaches is that 1491 is, is important to understand because Christopher Columbus comes over here in 1492. And that's when they defeat the uh, the Moors was in 1491. So the, they believe that the first enslaved Africans are actually the Moors right. that come over as punishment for taking over Spain and Europe. That's right. So a lot of your roots may go back to the Moors and not just Nigeria. It's right. also documented that even when the Moors did go into those territories, there was already pigmented people there. Well, we know, and, and of course, they 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 fought the the Vandals, the Vistagots, and after the Romans, a lot of people don't know that a lot of Romans were dark skinned, were fairly complex skinned people. That's right. When you look at the Romans and the Greeks, like they weren't white like you see in the movies. That's right. You know, there there were there were different shades. It would kind of look like America if you. If you want to mm-hmm. uh, know that um, real quickly, Dr. Claude Anderson, if you don't know about Dr. Claude Anderson, he had a book called Powernomics, uh, talking about the economics of black people, uh, the principles and strategies to help develop and explain the concept of race to offer a guy for black America to become more economically and politically competitive group in America. You know, he talks about the black labor um, that became white wealth here in America. Um and they feel that we have to begin to take over back our neighborhoods through economic gains um, to to begin to control our the black dollar, to begin to have those influences in politics and all of those other stuff and stop begging and, and do it ourselves. That's right. um, and this coming from a person that worked in the government, you know, he worked in the government. So he's seen firsthand how the government works. So, again, we talked about that infiltration that we need. The next one is not really Afrocentric teaching, but it's a good start, which is Henry Louis Gates. Now, Henry Louis Gates is proficient in African-American history. He's safe, though. He he keeps a lot of his teaching safe. You know, he has a lot of documentaries. He get paid well by white America. So a lot of his teachings is safe, but he's a start. He's a star. He has a great documentary on the, on the Reconstruction period. Great documentary on Central and and South America and the the Africanness um, that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to Haiti, Jamaica, Brazil, and Cuba. Um, great documentary, the Black Church. Like he's a good start to learn more in depth about the things that he may not talk about. Um, the one that a lot of people really had a problem with when it came to Lincoln Gates when he started talking about the transatlantic slave trade, because he goes back to Africa and he started teaching a lot of those Eurocentric ideas when it come to Africa um, that a lot of people didn't agree with. But again, again, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with him. Go and do your own research. Dad talked about him. Um, the first uh, Americans were Africans, the book by David M. Hotep. Um has a lot of evidence of Africans being in the Americas before 
DeBaron straight. Um, he followed a lot of the teachers of Dr. Uh, Ivan Van Sertima. They came before Columbus. That book is over there somewhere. Uh, Civilization or, or Barbarianism, uh, where they talk about the, the, how they find stains, uh, artifacts, um, archaeological, uh, evidence of blacks being in America before the Bering Strait, especially if you look at the Olmecs, um, it's believed that the Olmecs were, were, were black people. And their concept is Africans were here first. The Asians come over, they intermingle. And that's how you get your so-called native American. That's right. Now, again, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to believe a word I say. You don't have to believe a word uh, Dr. David M. Hotep says. Do your own research. Do your due diligence and learn. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And we are back. And we're going to jump right back in because <laughs> still got some people to talk about. That I think you guys should listen to. And I had some stuff to talk about. Like I was going to go down. But just for the sake of time. um because, Dad, you talked about Dick Gregory um, as a comedian, and um, we know what Dick Gregory did. We know what Richard Pryor did, especially with this show that only lasted two, two three episodes because he was speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what Dave Chappelle is doing now, whether you agree mm-hmm. with him or you don't. We know what he's doing, uh, that they, they're they intelligent and they're funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't know if you heard of this comedian named Godfrey. Yep, He's the same way. You know what I mean? He's a lot of comedians are clowns and funny. And then there's some comedians that are real and funny. That's right. And he's one of them. Like he's funny. We know him from the impersonations, but when he had his own radio show, he had called black facts of the day to Mm -hmm. where he was talking about a lot of things that we talk about on this podcast is a black fact. Like he said, I'm not, I want to talk about Dr. King. I want to talk about Rosa Parks. Y'all know them. Let's talk about the things that you have not learned. And he would throw this on, on his uh, radio show, and he got good feedback. And he said, "I want our people to not even need February, because you're so you're so built up on everything that we're giving you every day that February won't even mean nothing That's to right. you because it's just a celebration because you know all the information that that we're giving you." And he's one of those comedians that I believe. Uh, calls people out on their bullcrap because he, if you don't know him, he worked for Vlad um, interviews for for a little while, and then Vlad had somebody on and he disrespected Louis Minister Farrakhan. Now, whether you agree with Louis Minister Farrakhan or Minister Louis Farrakhan or not, his point was that Vlad is not black. And he has black culture on his show. That's right. And a lot of people look at Minister Louis Farrakhan as their leader. So why would you disrespect the leader of people that come on your show and give you views and money? Like that makes no sense to, to him. So he was one of those people that called him out on that. But he has his own um, his own stuff on YouTube. Go watch it. Go listen. Because within the jokes, he's going to say some real stuff. He's going to educate you. And, and he's definitely important. Um, do, do you listen to D.L. Hughley? I listen to D.L. Hughley. I here's the thing, and again, you don't have to agree with me. I think D.L. Hughley and Steve Harvey are both intellectual. I believe they're good people, but when again, when you start talking about politics and you roll with the political party so hard, it's hard to deviate your information. Right. 
It's similar to religion. If I'm a if I'm a Baptist, I'm gonna give you a Baptist answer. That's right. And when you get a check like Dio Hughley and Steve Harvey does and some of these other people, it's just certain things you can't say. I believe Dale Hughley is intelligent enough that he should and could say and, it. And he has, which yeah. is why he lost the show on CNN. But yeah. you're right about Steve Harvey. He's not going to say it. Yeah, he's, okay. Steve Harvey's not going to say gonna it. He's not going to say it. But yeah, I, I do like Dale Hughley. Yeah. I, I do like Dale Hughley. Yes. Um, there's an artist. She's a newer artist named Raina Simone. And I'm mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm going to do the, I'm going to say her lyrics on here. But if I do a clip, I'm going to put the actual clip behind it. She says, all the white girls used to tease me about my Jay-Z lips. Got fillers now. I guess everybody want to be niggas now. She said, dance to rap music, holding figure triggers, holding trigger fingers out. Ironic, they think being a nigga, they need to hold their triggers out. Ain't hearing what we saying in every rhyme with the smile and nothing in mind. Unable to relate, but yelling all the ad-libs. Can't wait to say nigga in public, swearing they be acting. She said, Jay... She said, J. Edgar Hoover still got buildings in his honor. Like, he ain't kill off all our leaders. Black genocide, the black armor, fuck your honor. Like, she be rapping like she's, they call it the next Lauren Hill. Like, she's rapping like that. Um, so, go check out Raina Simone if you want that, right. that, that consciousness rap. Um, another one is Battle Rapper B-Dot. I gotta, I gotta talk about his third round against T Top. I was wondering when you was gonna bring him up. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta. One do of the it. only ones I listened to in the last six months. Man, he says, <laughs> and this is a round against T Top. And if you don't know, it's not on YouTube. You got to get the URL TV app to watch this actual battle. But you probably can see clips of it. But against T Top, T Top always talk about drug dealing in his in his battle rap balls. But here's what B Dot told him. He says we raise black. We say we raise baby black girls and simultaneously trying to raise a son in a world where he targeted, audited for every dollar. There's no credit in giving the niggas. They've been imprisoning niggas since after slavery. They was based. That was basically phase one. Phase two. It's a popular strategy. G. They massively devised a plan, criminalized a man, put drugs in our community, supplied the grams to prime a niggas' business, making his women lose interest, divide the fam. Now, mommy and. Mommy don't now mommy don't respect daddy. He could have helped with the canned foods had he not been inside the can. Sadly, that created your drive. All this drug dealing crap. You doubling stacks affecting your community. Troubling blacks, risking your freedom. What's going to happen to baby Riley if you got locked up in the max? Now let's fast forward perhaps. You not around so she found with another nigga that's smuggling crack. Baby girl always known to grow up and fall in love with a nigga that's just like they dad. Goodness. Goodness. And you know, sometimes we just glorify the wrong things. And B-Dot is one of those conscious battle rappers that, man, he, he you just know that, like, damn, what books is this nigga reading? Like, he's one of them. Like, he, you have to really listen to what he's saying. And and I really B Dot is one of my favorite, not just battle rappers, but favorite rappers. Um, and I got one more. And I'm gonna let one of y'all go. is a guy by the name of Kala, who is a uh, London rapper, but he's also a, a journalist, actor, and activist. And he wrote something called "The Race, Class, and the Ruins of Empire." The book is part biography and part polemic on race and class. Um, but one of his quotes from this it says why can't you just get over it 
It's all in the past. These two statements often run together. Apparently, history is not there to be learned from. Rather, it's a large boulder to be getting over. It's fascinating because in the hundreds of workshops I've taught on Shakespeare, no one has ever told me to get over his writing because, as you know, from the earned past. I'm still waiting for people to get over Plato, Da Vinci, or indeed the entirety recorded history, but it seems they just won't. It's especially odd in a nation where much of the population is apparently proud of Britain's empire that, crit that critics on one of the most obvious legacies should be asked to get over it. It's the very same thing from the past that are proud, but anyway, let's imagine for a second that humanity did indeed get over, which is this case means forget the past and we'll have to learn to walk and talk and cook and hunt and plant crops all over again. We have to undo all of human invention and start from when. Where period exactly is where we are allowed to start our memory from. Those that tell us to get over the past never seem to, spe to specify, but I'm eager to learn in reality, of course, they just don't want to have any conversation that they found that they find uncomfortable. And that's just what we talk about when we talk about what they call critical race theory is that they want to talk about history as it pertains to them being right or doing good things, but they don't want to talk about history as it pertains to black people doing good things and them doing bad things. That's right. And so it, it's one sided. And he was on a podcast that I was listening to and they was talking about how they were talking about how black artists, if they sung, if white artists sung some of these black songs, they'll get more recognition than a black artist would from their own record. And we've seen that throughout history. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he says, you talk about um, history and culture, always say they're going to talk about that black stuff. Like if you talk about black history, black culture, um, black people, they said, there you go again, talking about that black stuff. But he said, you know, I teach Shakespeare's too. So whenever I talk about Shakespeare, nobody, no white person ever say, there you go again, talk about that white stuff. Because white, culture is supposed to be the normal that's right you know what i mean and the black stuff is something that's just not accepted um his name is akala he has uh, a lot of information on the haitian revolution a lot of information on central and south america um and he, he's a he's a phenomenal person to listen to um in his different interviews on youtube good shit hmm. you know i i Something you mentioned before about when we talk about the accomplishments, the things that black people achieved um, right here in America um, and how when you tell some black people, either they don't believe it or they're super shocked, they're surprised by the information. Yeah. But there's also a third one that usually happens. That person, even if they don't say it to themselves personally. They want to know, well, what does that mean for me? How yeah. does that how does that change who I am? What does that do for me? Because most people don't really know. But what it should do for you, it should give you a sense of a pride in who you are, in your heritage. And, and, and what we always talk about in this podcast is being proud to be black, mm -hmm. where a lot of us, even though we may say we are, we're not. The minute that we have an opportunity to do something that's not considered black, um, we're quick to do it. Right. So. To be black and to be proud to be black could be two different things, depending on where you come from. But something else that we, we talked about previously, I wanted to mention on this podcast, is that we often talk about the people we listen to, the podcasts we watch, books we read, and what inspires us. But I'll be, I'll be 100% honest with you. What inspires me is the shit that go on on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's what inspires me, is when you can take an instance um, of where 
you have an active shooter situation. White guy shoot multiple people, mass shooting and get arrested. Mm -hmm. And you can have a black guy get pulled over for a traffic stop who decides that today ain't a good day for me to go to jail. And the officer decides it ain't a good day for you to live Mm -hmm. and get killed. Mm -hmm. Two Americas. You tell me how that's possible in one America. It's two Americas. It's clear. So you don't have to read a book. You don't have to watch a podcast. You don't have to know who um, Malcolm X was or who Minister Louis Farrakhan is. You you don't have to know those things to see what's really happening Uh, in Texas. Just in the last two weeks, they and as we know in Texas, they're trying to remove the word slavery from the textbooks, mm-hmm. and they want to replace that with involuntary relocation. <laughs> hey, Google it, look it up. Involuntary relocation, as if where we are is the issue. Yeah, right. So you transport us unwillingly from Africa bring us to America. That's the problem yeah. with slavery is that we're not from here. That's the, that's what they think the problem is. So when you have States like Texas that are proposing this, this is the mindset of white America. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is that not that we were bonded, we were in bondage, not that we were whooped and beaten and killed and separated, lost. our head. None of that mm-hmm. is a problem. The problem is we didn't come from this country. That That's the whole problem is what they're saying. And they want to change that narrative to say involuntary relocation to support that theory. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll say this again. Anytime there's an election in your area, whether it's local, state, national, you got to vote. Because if you don't, you're going to continue to see things go from conversations to law, mm-hmm. from conversations to the textbook, from conversations to now you can't get an abortion. You're going to see these things happen a lot faster than they did before. So for those that want to know some more things, when this Roe versus Wade situation happened, so what the court did, just so people know, mm-hmm. is the court is saying, you know what? We don't make the laws. We just interpret them. So if you want to change the law, change the law. So they're giving the states the ability to make your own laws mm-hmm. instead of having a federal law because the, 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 the Supreme Court says that's not what we do. We don't make the law. You do that. Right. So for those that need to understand government, go back to sixth and seventh grade where they break down how the government works. Right. With your legislation and your, your courts and all that. So that's what they're saying in that Clarence Thomas says that. You guys should probably start revisiting some other things that the Supreme Court ruled on. Now, people want to know, well, what what is he talking about? Why is that important? Well, some of that is Brown versus Board of Education. That's coming. That's coming. And what he's saying is, we've already looked at it. We're just telling you to do your due diligence now, put in the proper paperwork, and we'll help you out. He's basically telling you, we've we've already tampered with that. Do your part, and we can make it happen. So I, I urge people. So I watch CNN. I watch Fox News because I want to hear what the narrative. I want to hear what their narrative is about what's going on today. I want to see what their spin is. I want to see if they think that involuntary relocation is as absurd as I think it is. And when I hear them talk about it and they say it with a smile on their face and I go, that's the two Americas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't view this as being a problem. 
because they don't they see that slavery is a problem. The, the fact that we talk about it as a problem, they see that and they want to change that narrative, which ultimately means they want to change history. Mm-hmm. But this this episode is important for one particular reason. Right. In slavery, blacks, enslaved Africans were not allowed to read or write for one reason in particular. You don't want them to think for themselves. And we live in a world today where most people don't think for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's through the lack of education. Again, we can't say it enough that education is not just because you got a a diploma. That's right. It's not because you got a degree in such and such. That's that's that means you did the work and you got a grade on it. All right. You were educated in a in a simple um, category. True education is understanding what the truth means to you. And a lot of people don't understand That's what right. their truth is. Nope. So you listen to these CNNs, you listen to this MSNBC and ABC, and you see some of these people commenting on Facebook, and you take their narrative and that become yours without ever doing any research, any research. without ever doing your due diligence and finding out. Because I'll be honest, when Shaquan sent me about the the kid that got um, shot 90 times, I said, I'm not going to say anything now. I want to see more evidence. Now, I did see a lot of people jump out the window and start saying this is wrong all already. But I said, I don't have enough information to say anything. Should I say something? Maybe. Are people maybe waiting for me to say something? Probably. But I can't do it with just the information that I have right here. Mm-hmm. And I can't go on Stephen, what's the guy's name? Sean King's word. He's not even black. Mm-hmm. I, I have to wait for more information. And most people won't do that because we like to be part of controversy and we take other people's take and make it our own. That's why I talked about so many different people on here because a lot of these people don't even agree with each other. And that's okay because they're, they're talking about their own truths from their own perspectives and their own experience that's what this podcast is about my unapologetic perspective means i've done my due diligence my research my information and this is what i believe okay i don't prescribe to any political party i agree with some things that the republican stands regards to, to building the black economy for black people i also agree with some of the democrats that a, a woman's body is her body and she has the right to make her own choice. Mm-hmm. I support people who decide they want to be gay. Want to be gay. That has nothing to do with me. I ain't gay. So why would I care about what you're doing with your life? But there are some people that I talked about on this podcast, on this episode today, they're anti-gay, they're anti-abortion, and they're black. Just the way that they feel. I still listen to them. I still get their perspective. It doesn't have to be mine. That's right. So what we're saying is don't take our word for it. There are people who listen to this podcast and they take our word as 100% truth. Please don't do that. Don't give me don't give me that type of credit. You have to figure out what's the truth for you. You, you, you know, you said something interesting and and I I've always thought this, but I, I start to see it come more fruition now as of late than I did years ago. I used to think that most people just didn't know. They just weren't aware of certain things. I, I don't necessarily believe that's true. I think it's in most cases, people don't care. 
And, and I'll say that because if I read newspaper on online or I see, cause yeah, I still read the newspaper for those. That's not laugh. Yes. You read a newspaper, you read online or you see on the news or you hear on the news. If you listen to news on, on your radio or what have you, where an individual was, was, sh- was shot 60 times for me, I don't even care what color it is. I want to know more. Yeah. You could be white, but for an individual to be shot 60 times, and not even knowing the person that shot him or the people that shot him was cops is irrelevant at that point. Mm-hmm. For a person to be shot 60 times, that's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. What the fuck happened? That's a, that's a, I want to know what happened. And then you find out he was black and you find out it was cops. That shot him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wait a minute. You start connecting the dots to say there's got to be something wrong, right? Um, most people don't view it that way. They hear a person got shot 60 times. Fuck, he did something. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They're going about their day. It's still not enough for people to care. That's that's part of the problem. We 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 see every day where a lot of the things that happen is people have a lack of morals and principles. Most people are supposed to live by principles, but you got politicians that violate them, and now you have these 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 shooters, mass shooters that have no morals or principles. Who the fuck can go get a gun and go into a school and shoot kids? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who would do that? It's a person who's lacking morals and principles, right? No real grabs on reality. Most people only care about what affects them. If it doesn't affect them, they don't care. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Nobody cares until it happens to you. Ice Cube said in 1987, on a, on a, on a, uh, uh, a talk show right now in Los Angeles is over 150,000 gang members. Do you think that they went and got initiated last night? Mm-hmm. Hell no. This has been going on. People don't care until it comes to your doorstep. It doesn't, the people don't care until it happened to you. How many times have you seen people that were um, reading or hearing about mass shootings paid it no mind and then all of a sudden it happens to them and they go by and go you know what i never thought it could happen to me because I, be- I believe we're oversaturated in not information we're oversaturated in conflict and drama mm-hmm. because even with this shooting that happened last week we know another one's happening this week or next week oh absolutely there, there, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of information and, and, and bad deeds to go around that's right and what we're seeing now is just We've become, it's become our normal that these things are happening. I mean, I can't keep track of the names. I can't even think about the name that just happened because there's just so many names so many. floating around in my head. That's right. I, I, you can't, you, and most people aren't even talking about the George Floyd case that Derek Chauvin's back on. <laughs> we forgot about it. That's right. Because it's just so much that happened since then. You know what I mean? Nobody talked about the other officers on we we ain't forgot about Breonna That's Taylor right. already. That's right. You know what I mean? Nobody it's, said it's Breonna so Taylor many more now because it happens on a regular basis, we, and you become desensitized yeah. to what's going on. And because of that, I think that most people are starting to look at it. Well, how does it affect me? Yeah. How does it affect my plans that I got going on for the rest of the day? Yeah. How does that affect me? And we do that more than white America. Yeah. Right. We do that more than any other other people in the world. In fact, when they think about when you think about Asians and how they treated in America, do you know who 
is the, the biggest corporate of mistreatment of Asians in America? Black people. Yeah. The, 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 the victim has become the victimizer. Yeah. And, and that's what we do. So for black America, when we start talking about doing your research, listening to podcasts, reading books, you also got to start getting with yourself and find out who are you? Knowledge of self. Yeah. Who are you? What are you? What are you doing? And are there some things about you that you're going to need to change to be a better version of you? Because ultimately, that's what this is about. In order to make a better America, you got to make a better you. So everybody, it starts with them. Each one, teach one. Mm-hmm. So it starts with you. Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate you. We love you. We'll see you next week. Peace.